0: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit Stripe.com slash Tap iPhone.
0: Daily Tech News Show is powered by you. To find out more, head to DailyTechNewsShow.com slash support. Mm. This is the Daily Tech News for Tuesday, May 15th, 2018. Tom Merritt is out of the country, holding it down. It's me, Sarah Lane at Studio Feline. And with me
2: is patrick beja straight from finland how's right. it going internet it's going Was good okay oh you're, you're the internet that. okay actually I'm uh, speaking on the, the, internet, the internet sarah internet. <laughs> right well if you can keep doing that i have a few questions i would like, like to ask you about because i'm not super happy about some of the things you've been doing so maybe we can talk about that a little bit later
0: <sighs> well all right let's do that uh to, to bring along is roger chang producer roger how are you
2: i'm great i am happy as an oyster not being cooked.
0: Well, that's (laughs) rather unlike you, but I'm happy to hear you're doing so well. Well, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about a little bit later in the show. We're going to talk about Twitter's new ways to try to bury tweets that are, I don't know, unhelpful to humanity. But first, (laughs) let's start with a few tech things you should know. (laughs) Google announced new consumer storage plans under a new name, Google One, including a new $2.99 per month tier for 200 gigabytes of storage. The two terabyte plan drops quite significantly from $20 a month to $10 a month. Users can also share their storage quota now with up to five family members and get 24-7 access to Google experts. Those are basically people on call to help you. The existing free quota of 15 gigabytes per month will remain as an option as well. The rollout starts out in the US over the next few months.
2: Nice, more storage. Uh, Google One, the one type of brand sounds a little bit early 2000s though for some reason. I don't know. I'm not I'm not a big fan uh <laughs> it's fine uh monday the supreme court of the united states declined to hear the case of personal audio versus eff this reaffirms the april 2015 ruling by the u.s court of appeals for the federal circuit that sided with the patent trial and appeals board who invalid- invalidated the podcast patent. In 2013, Personal Audio, the podcasting patent holder, began sending legal demand letters to numerous podcasters and companies that they enter into a licensing deal or be sued for infringing on their patent. One of their more more high-profile targets was Adam Carolla's podcast.
0: You know, when I was working at Twit, uh, also another podcast, um, Uh, Network that was targeted, so a win for the podcasters, I suppose.
2: Confirmation that personal audio, please stop. You're done. That's it. Trolls. We We can podcast in peace.
0: Tim Cook tells Bloomberg that Apple Music now has more than 50 million users between paid and trial users, but that's up from 40 million just last month. If we're keeping score, major competitor Spotify announced earlier this month that it has 75 million premium subscribers.
2: So obviously uh, Spotify has a lot more, but I keep hearing, you know, this is a little bit of a bubble effect. I think everyone I hear is like, oh, pff, Apple music. Yeah. I'm using Spotify. It seems Apple music is not doing too badly after all. I mean, I'm an Apple music subscriber. Uh, so Spotify, is, you
0: know, Spotify, you know, it's public now. Things are different. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's, talk a little bit more about Mark Zuckerberg, his favorite topic of ours. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg won't appear before the UK Parliamentary Committee that gave him an ultimatum to testify willingly or be sent a summons the next time he stepped foot in the UK. Facebook's head of public policy, Rebecca Stimmen, wrote in a letter sent three days after the deadline that Zuckerberg has, quote, no plan no plans to meet with the committee or travel to the uk at the present time the committee plans to follow up with facebook to address significant gaps in the company's answer as it continues to investigate its data privacy practices
0: you know i mean if mark zuckerberg really doesn't plan to travel to the uk anytime soon i can see where they're like okay well i mean we'll deal <laughs> when we do but he's not coming here anytime
2: soon this is yeah it felt like I'm not going to be vulgar, but it felt like a rude gesture a little bit. It was like, well, you have to come. And if you don't come to the committee, to appear in front of the committee, well, the next time you come to the UK, we will make you come in front of the committee. And they're like, "Uh, he has no plans to come. It was like uh, uh, the ultimatum, the least effective ultimatum in the history of ultimatums. It was kind of... They, and
0: missing that deadline by three days is just like a little bit yeah. of a dig. Like, we couldn't yeah. be bothered. We were so busy yeah. with f eight. <laughs> I,
2: I agree. It's it's a little bit, well, if you if you're going to start using a threatening tone, make sure you can back it up.
0: But, I mean, the bigger story here is, you know, does Mark Zuckerberg not want to personally face what he might be facing if he goes there? I mean, you, you could avoid it for a while, but probably not forever. And, you know, is there more to the story? Facebook has sent spokespeople on his behalf, on Facebook's behalf already, um, and the UK is not um, happy with that. So, you know, at this point, it's sort of like, what what, what are we doing here?
2: Mm, uh, it felt like a political image move from the UK's perspective. It was like, well, we are going to get Zuckerberg to appear in front of us because he needs to answer to the people. And he's like, no, I'm good.
0: Yeah, I'm going to stay in the US for a while. Or at least out of the UK. All right, moving on. Microsoft has unveiled details on its Surface Hub 2, which is a 50.5-inch 4K Plus display which can be rotated to a portrait screen, you know, from landscape. You can also tile up to four of them together to create an even larger display, good for conference rooms, I suppose, or spread multiple hub twos around a room. Features uh, rolling cases that mounts co-developed with Steelcase, which Microsoft partnered with last year. Also has a three by two aspect ratio, which is Sort of unique. The standard is 16 by 9. Touchscreen support, of course, and support to share docs from your computer or your mobile device. Microsoft will start testing the Surface Hub 2 with partners later this year with plans to officially release the device in 2019. We have no pricing, but you might recall that the original Surface Hub was $9,000
2: might be a little bit cheaper. It's possible. Uh, It certainly looks very sexy, and the way they demo it feels like the future. Uh, The problem with these devices is always, does it actually work like this in practice, or is it really just a big computer screen for your PowerPoint presentation to be projected on?
0: Well, and I think Microsoft uh, admitted that the original Hub, they sold about 5,000 Copies? Well, copies, Mm -hmm. 5,000 models. So, you know, this is definitely a enterprise, fancy conference room type thing. That said, the ability to have four of them together, I mean, at least in pictures that I've seen, it is very impressive looking. And of course, if it's, you know, working with your existing hardware, that's great too.
2: Mm. Feels like something, an expensive toy for an expensive boardroom more than an actual practical uh, business tool. But maybe I'm wrong. I'd be happy to be proven wrong and see the thing that actually they advertise with sending documents from your screen to the thing, and you can manipulate them, and you can see other people in. Uh, Anyway, we'll have to wait and see how it actually works, I guess. AT&T, Sprint, T-Mobile, and Verizon can, surprise, provide your real-time location info to third parties. The story starts with Securus a service that allows police officers to facilitate calls made to inmates, but also pinpoint the location of a cell phone. Securus gets this location info from the carrier, but appears to use a middleman called Location Smart, which can pinpoint real-time location in about 15 seconds. The Electronics Communication Privacy Act prevents carriers from sharing user location to the United States government, But there aren't any restrictions in place for other companies, which is kind of anyway, uh, the FCC has been uh, asked to investigate the matter by the by Democratic Senator Ron Wyden.
0: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like kind of a crazy loophole in this particular act, right? You know, if if AT&T can't just like take a bunch of my location information and sell it to a third party, great, I don't want it to. But if there's another company that's in the middle of this, which makes it all legal, well, that's quite a problem.
2: Yeah. And, and especially the fact that, you know, the, the Electronics Communications Privacy Act, I get that the government is very scary uh, and that they can't provide that information to the government, although I'm quite sure there are other ways there. Uh, but not thinking about, well... So what if the government buys the location information from those third parties? For example, Um, it's it seems like a gigantic gigantic loophole that should be looked at very quickly
0: yeah and especially because we're you know we're we're now in an age where everyone is very very uh worried about uh, their location their data their everything being sold this is you know it's it's good that we know this it's good that we know these uh apps exist never heard of Securus or uh or uh, What's the other one? Location smart Location before, before today, but um, in the uh, Android central um, article that I read this morning about it, um, they specified um, how the, how the two worked in conjunction where a sheriff was able to, you know, uh, keep tabs on certain people on, in, in his law enforcement mm. area. And yeah, I mean, Hey, if the rest of us are getting uh, uh, located as well, we should know about it at
2: the very end. Yeah, you're right. I think, it, I mean, it would always be kind of a concern, uh, that story. But I wonder if now that we've had all of these issues with our personal data and the scandals related to Facebook, if it's not more like, wait a second, what's happening there? And people are more aware of it, which is a good thing.
0: Speaking of privacy, Moscow-based Kaspersky Lab plans to open a data center in Switzerland by the end of 2019 to alleviate Western government concerns, U.S. included, that Russian intelligence uses this antivirus software to spy on customers. The facility would be based in Zurich, and Kaspersky says it chose Switzerland specifically for its policy of neutrality and strong data protection laws. Reuters first reported that this was happening back in March. Looks like they're right. Last year, the U.S. ordered civilian government agencies to remove Kaspersky software from all of their networks, although Kaspersky says we didn't do anything wrong and has filed a lawsuit against the U.S. ban.
2: You know, I mean, pressure works. This is a pretty clear example of that. I wonder how if they can ever get the stench off. Because sure, they can have you know data centers in any country they want. They're still going to be the Russian company that had this happen to them. And when you end up having to uh, choose between two antivirus uh, uh, c- products, which one are you going to choose? Usually, they're all kind of good or acceptably good, or there are several that are acceptable. Even if you know that Kaspersky is now working out of Zurich, at least partially, um, maybe you don't want to take a chance. And that is a very dangerous thing to have happen when you're a company. Maybe they're looking at longer term stuff. Maybe they're thinking, well, if we start doing that, uh, giving those assurances now, maybe in two, three years, we can be back in good standing. And obviously, it's not going to happen immediately.
0: Yeah. I mean, you mentioned partial. It's like opening a data center in Switzerland doesn't fix a problem that, you know, even though Kaspersky denies all of these allegations, if it exists, unless you're out of Russia entirely, that's not really solving the problem. You're just, Mm. it's sort of a PR move.
2: Seems like it. Facebook launched a new youth portal for teens which walks younger users through activating two-factor authentication using strong passwords and tips on how to spot cams. A new section called Guiding Principles includes advice for users to think for five seconds before they post publicly. A privacy section also explains how Facebook collects user data to improve its service and to figure out which ads to show. Facebook said it uh, spoke with teens from the UK, US, Italy and Brazil to build the portal.
0: You know, it's funny when I read this story this morning. I was like, "Great, okay, everybody should know, you know, a little bit more about how Facebook works and 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 some good practices." And I know that teens are are being targeted here because they're young, impressionable, right? But this is like great advice for adults too. Wait five <laughs> seconds. Just wait five seconds. You really want to post that?
2: yeah, that's that's probably a really good <laughs> piece of advice that should be made into some kind of a meme that would spread uh, more easily throughout the internet. Um, but you know, this this story is really interesting to me because I'm really starting to feel that however much to their advantage, Facebook is providing everyone with the information they need to make informed decisions about their usage of Facebook. They have tons of options for you to manage your privacy they have tons of information everywhere i mean we've seen what maybe five different initiatives to inform users of how the service works at at one point and i'm still not you know happy with the way facebook works in many ways but at one point we're going to have to accept that yes facebook is a specific type of service and it's not ideal as a business uh, given the 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 business model is based on. But now people know, you know, if by now people don't know and don't understand, I don't know what more we can do uh, short of actually banning Facebook and outlawing it. And of course, this is not something anyone would, would consider. So maybe we're not quite there yet, but it feels like Facebook is informing people more or less appropriately. I
0: agree. Facebook has taken lots of steps, certainly recently, um, to better inform everyone of how Facebook works, how your data is being shared, when it is, you know, how you can protect yourself if you know if necessary, two-factor auth, all of that stuff. It's great, but it also puts the onus on the user in a way where I'm like, I mean, listen, I'm not a teenager anymore, but when I was, if Facebook was around, which it was not. Something called a youth portal, I'd be like, eh,
2: whatever. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, but what can they do though? What can we reasonably expect expect them to do other than what they're already doing? Exactly. They could do the same thing more simply, but at some point, even you know, the kids probably know the teenagers, I'm hoping at this point know more or less how things work. The parents should probably inform or have the talk with the parents, the Facebook talk about about uh, the the dangers and issues. And yeah, we probably have to accept this at some point that this is how it works and people are actually happy with it.
0: Exactly. Well, this is actually going to go into our discussion story, uh, but uh, just a reminder, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes or less, mine was slightly more than five minutes this morning, sorry, subscribe to dailytechheadlines.com. So we were talking about Facebook, privacy, informing users, what's going on, but Twitter, arguably, would be the social network that has been—I yeah, don't know—in the hot seat uh, over the last couple of years as being uh, a hostile place for a lot of folks. There are bot accounts. There are, uh, you know, are, are you know, people who are uh, upsetting other people. So, Twitter said back in March, uh, Jack Dorsey, CEO, uh, said that Twitter wanted to create an overall healthier conversation okay that's fine and good but today they actually made some changes the company will now use thousands of behavioral signals when filtering search or replies and algorithmic recommendations and anybody who seems to be gaming the system or just what twitter would deem being negative are going to get their tweets buried not deleted but buried twitter is now looking at whether uh, a few different um a few different ways they're doing this. Whether you tweet at large numbers of accounts that you don't follow, kind of weird, uh, how often you're blocked by people that you interact with, meaning that, you know, people don't like you, whether you created many accounts from a single IP, again, suspect, whether your account is closely related to others that have violated terms of service and the like. So again, they're not removing tweets. But let's say that Patrick and I are going back and forth about, you know, something on Twitter. And there is, you know, somebody who's being trolly, who's part of the conversation and at replying. What Twitter wants to do is bury that tweet or those series of tweets in the conversation where you have to click on see more, see more of this conversation, which is not unlike what Facebook does these days. Patrick, what do you think?
2: You know, I mean, I would like to say I'm off two minds because there is certainly pros and cons in this approach uh overall i think i'm happy with the intent um and it's kind of part of that trend of abandoning the idea the ideal idea about the internet where if you give everyone a voice everyone will will have awesome conversations and hear from people they wouldn't have heard about before. That's certainly true. And we want to keep that part. Uh, but what what we've discovered over the past few years is that it's not just that oh, people are going to be yelly and are going to be annoying, it's that it actually sours and and ruins the good part of the conversations. So these all seem like almost common sense. I'm sure technically it's a little bit more complicated to put in place and you need a lot of, I don't know, machine learning probably because that's in everything these days. Um, but these all seem like common sense uh, uh, signals. If you're tweeting at a lot of people you don't follow, well, it's the, 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 the one explanation I can see is that you're probably a little bit trolly uh, to an extent. Um, you know, all of those, you, you went through them, I'm not going to go through them again. So I guess it seems like a good way of doing it, especially since they're not removing the tweets. We've seen with Facebook that even things like uh, with the disputed stories when trying to fight fake news, when you uh, signal that the story is dip- disputed, you actually increase controversy around it. So a solution is to make it smaller and to sort of sweep it under the rug. And this is the approach they seem to be going for. And I think we can go into the issues of not freedom of speech, but, you know, who decides what's okay to say. And that would be, uh, we can talk about it if you want. It's a very important conversation as well. But overall, I think this is probably something that sadly we do need.
0: Well, so Twitter says that they've been conducting tests, um, and that they found that, uh, the number of abuse reports, at least in these tests generated from conversations, these conversations declined by 8%. 8% isn't 90%, but Hey, you know, it's moving in the right direction. And I will say, um, it's easy for me to block somebody. If I see something that they said that I don't like, you know, or I'm offended by or whatever, but I still have to do that myself. If I never saw the tweet in the first place, probably a more seamless experience.
2: It and you know I'm um, a very fortunate Twitter user because I very rarely have bad experiences. Very rarely, and you know I'm I'm a, a white. Male, so I'm probably less uh, white heterosexual male. I'm probably less prone to uh, the kind of messages that some people get on Twitter. But overall, my the community I run around is fantastic, and it's always cool. Sometimes I see a tweet go by, and I respond a, a tweet about something controversial uh, from someone that retweeted someone I don't know, and I answer, you know, trying to be reasonable and trying to argue about. The the topic and present my opinion. Invariably, when I do that, I get after a few hours a couple, you know, two, three, four, five people just throwing insults at me, and I ignore them because I know I shouldn't engage. But just like literally just throwing insults at me, those I think have no place on a, a network where on on it's just obviously troll toxicity the societal value of those i have a hard time seeing so well, i mean I'm that's what twitter
0: wants them. to solve right is right, right. if there are enough you know if there are enough you see the same patterns where like this person is attacking this person that they're not even following this person is sort of associated with other people who have you know engaged in bad behavior right terms of service and otherwise or 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 the like I mean, if you never saw those tweets, I mean, maybe you're just a really yeah. chill dude and you don't care. <laughs> but I mean, sometimes those sorts of things can ruin somebody's day, right? It's oh, better yeah. if you just don't see them at all.
2: Absolutely. And and I guess that's where we get into the, the question. If you want to play devil's advocate, you can say, well, what we're effectively doing, and I think that's a valid concern, um, is putting in the hands of those companies, the Facebooks and Twitters of the world, sort of the, the task of deciding what is valuable to see and what isn't. And I completely get the argument and it is a concern to me. And I, would, I was very vehemently arguing that we shouldn't do that until maybe two or three years ago. But the reality is uh, it's creating, it's ruining not just products, but conversations and interactions between people. So I think we have to be pragmatic and yes, that concern is real, but uh, we are also getting to a point where we can't ignore the negative effects and they outweigh the concerns that we have. So at least we should, you know, try and wait and see what happens once they put those things in place. And yes, there are going to be false positives and all of that, um, but hopefully it will help more than it will hurt.
0: Yeah, I mean, I appreciate what Twitter's doing. I have I have often thought that Twitter was a very toxic place over the last couple of years. Um, and I don't want to feel that way. I love Twitter. It's a great news source. I catch up with friends. You know, I I, I hope these changes are for the better. Hey, thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. You actually help me make my headlines every morning. Submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. And then of course we have a Facebook group, Facebook.com slash groups slash daily tech. News show. We got an interesting email. This person would like to remain anonymous because they are a certified Apple technician. Um, We had a conversation with Justin Robert Young yesterday about uh, MacBooks and MacBook Pro keyboards being faulty. Uh, Anon says, I have to join the frustrated masses regarding this new MacBook keyboard. I think Apple is misguided in its quest to make computers as impractically thin as possible. What user is asking for this? What they want is what Apple keeps taking away. Ports, battery life, expandability, repairability. Apple has moved from being a joy to repair to a nightmare for me. Uh, besides, uh, batteries evolved from a tool less user-replaceable than being glued in. Hard drives evolved from being standard to proprietary uh, to being soldered on. Memory evolved from being removal to soldered on as well. It's both surprising and disheartening just how user-hostile Apple progresses to be towards its own users. It's gotten to the point where I not only cannot recommend Apple products to friends and family, but I've actively uh, migrated many users to different manufacturers. Hmm. Well, this is a common, you know. I mean, a lot of people complain hmm. about the fact that you know Apple is—they uh, don't make it easy for you to swap out stuff and and kind of do your DIY thing. But you know, hearing that from an from a technician who's obviously this is his livelihood or her um, is, uh, you know, that's that's good feedback.
2: Yeah, I mean, personally, I understand where you are coming from, dear technician. I think reality, though, or not reality, sales are proving you and other people that have the same misgivings about Apple's changes uh, are proving you wrong. Uh, they are selling more computers and progressing you know, uh, uh, more than other manufacturers. Certainly the keyboard issue is real and it is a problem, but I think they will address it by fixing the keyboards and not by all of a sudden reversing their policies, which are working. And I will also say when I saw the the MacBook, how thin it was, I thought, the, the latest model. I really thought I had one of the older ones or the, the model before, which already was really thin. And I thought, you know, we don't need it to be that thin. And now when I look at my new one and I see an older one, I'm like, eh, mine is thinner. It's actually cooler. And I really enjoy, I you know, it's the, the thing where once you have the new thing, and not just because it's new, but because also it's thinner, you like it better once you've tried it. So I, at least that was my experience.
0: Yeah. I definitely think there are certain people, myself included that appreciate thinner and lighter, especially because I travel a lot, but again, mm-hmm. you know, usage varies depending on, yep. you know, what you want. Uh, but thank you for the feedback anonymous. And also th- thank you to Patrick Beja for being with us, uh, especially since it's very late in Finland. What have you been up to over the last week?
2: Uh, I guess I will say I have been up to my usual, which is tech podcasts. I do a French language tech podcast at frenchspin.fr. Uh, there are English shows at frenchspin.com. But uh, if you want to learn about tech, or at least practice your French as you're learning about tech, you can check out Le Rendezvous Tech. And uh, that can probably be a great way to practice the language. I would suggest you check it out.
0: Excellent. Also want to thank our patrons and everybody who supports the show. DailyTechNewsShow.com slash support gives you all the information of all the uh, avenues that you can go with, but we love our patrons. Thank you so much to all of our patrons. You make the show possible. Patreon.com slash D-T-N-S. Lots of goodies there. We also have new cool baseball caps. Tom has been wearing his lately. I haven't gotten mine in the mail, but it's coming any day now and I'm going to wear it as soon as I get it. Uh, If you want to check out all of our gear, we got hats, we got t-shirts, we got sweatshirts, we got mugs, all of that. Dailytechnewshow.com slash store. Um, Tom uh, is in Australia and he had a meetup yesterday. It sounded like it w- went very well, but there's going to be another one. Just want to remind you, if you are in Melbourne, Australia, next week, Tom will be hosting a meetup Tuesday, May 22nd, 6 p.m. That's local time at Bartronica. Uh, so if you can be in the area, you missed the Sydney meetup you know, make it to Melbourne and, you know, say hello. All right. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, twenty thirty UTC. You can find out more at dailytechnewshow.com slash live. Scott Johnson is here tomorrow. Talk to you then.
2: This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.
1: Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
2: Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Visit BankofAmerica.com slash banking for business to learn more.